Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I am your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, we got a fun one ahead of you talking some Titans and talking some Nashville SC. Uh, last week, we didn't have an episode due to some technical difficulties, so I apologize about that. But we are back. We are ready to go. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive into some Titans talk. But before we do, I ask you to please make sure you're following the Sports Credential on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Here at the Sports Credential, we're covering everything and anything Nashville sports, Nashville sports industry. So if you guys want to know what's going on, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we will have you covered. Also, please be sure to uh, subscribe and to follow and to comment or whatever on the Sports Credential Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. If you want an episode directly on your feed every week, you will get a notification if you subscribe on either or to, on, on any of those platforms. You subscribe to Spotify. As soon as a new episode is dropped, it'll be right there in front of you when you click into your Spotify app. Same thing with Apple Music. You'll get a notification when there's a new episode. And same thing with YouTube. If you're subscribed to us on YouTube at the Sports Credential, you will get the new episode right on your YouTube feed as soon as you click into YouTube. So you don't have to go looking for anywhere. You don't have to be searching for anything. It's going to be right there for you as soon as a new episode drops. So please subscribe. Thank you guys for subscribing and for listening. We have some great stuff to look forward to this summer, and we're going to be really excited to share it with you guys. So be sure to be subscribed to both the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, and to be subscribed to the Sports Credential on social media. You can find us on Twitter facebook and on instagram so with that let's dive into uh, a recap of the titans draft so obviously last week like i said uh technical difficulties prevented us from diving into that so let's just dive into it right now we've had a good week to over a week really to kind of think about and stew over and take apart the titans draft class for 2023 Personally, I thought it was a fantastic draft for the Titans. Now, obviously, things don't go out exactly the way they wanted to, maybe, the way they planned. But um, the way I look at it, I think this is a fantastic first step uh, for the Titans, for the future of this franchise, as well as a, a great first draft for Rand Carthon. And like I said, who are they going to go for in that first round? I said they got to go offensive linemen. They got to go offensive linemen. And what did they do? They got offensive linemen. Obviously, my pick was Paris Johnson Jr., but he got picked up a couple picks before. But Peter Skaronsky was one of the top guys I kept hammering on this show and on our stories on the sportscredential.com. They needed an offensive lineman. I mean, I've been saying this for months. Everyone's been saying this for months, for probably even a year. They need offensive line. The fact that they were able to get a guy like Peter Skaronsky with the 11th overall pick is huge. And this guy, if you look at what he's been able to do, when you look at the scouting report, look at his comp, uh, combine, he's arguably the best offensive lineman in this draft class, period. This guy has a potential of being not only a, a top-tier offensive tackle, but at the guard position, he can be a all-pro, pro bowler, type of player that could really 
change this team and put this team in the right trajectory, which I think he will do. I know head coach Mike Grable said they're probably going to play around with him at uh, on the offensive line, have him kind of dabble in a couple positions and be kind of floating instead of being at a hard position, which I think is a great idea. As the scouting report did say that he will be an all-pro guard, but maybe an average or decent tackle. And he's very versatile and can play both positions. So it'll be great to see where he fits best on this offensive line, as there are a couple other offensive linemen that don't really have a set position on this uh, Titans O-line. So that I thought that was a great first pick. I know there was a lot of drama about the Titans possibly trading up to the number three spot from the Cardinals to pick up C.J. Stroud, which I personally would have been fine with, but I still stand by the offensive line comes first. C.J. Stroud got picked up with the seventh, second overall pick by rival uh, Houston Texans. So once again, a division rival uh, stomps on the Titans' dreams, and nothing comes from that, and the Titans don't trade up, and they pick up Peter Skaronsky at the number 11 overall pick, which I think is a fantastic pick and was the right pick, and it will prove to be the right pick in the future. And then in the second round of the draft, Titans uh, move up a couple spots right as the second round begins on the second day uh, on Friday, and they pick up a quarterback by the name of Will Levis, probably the most controversial quarterback in this draft. Uh, not because he did anything crazy or weird. Uh, obviously, the whole mayo and coffee thing is taking the media and social media by storm, but all that stuff aside, it doesn't matter what he puts or what he doesn't put in his coffee in the morning. It matters how he can play on the field, and there's a lot of controversy about controversy about whether this guy is a legitimate NFL contender. Can this guy be a competitor i should say in the nfl or is this guy kind of a bust there was a whole lot of drama leading up to the draft of whether he will be a first round pick it was almost a guarantee from the odds in vegas from all the draft experts that think they know everything and there's no way he's getting out of the first round and what happened he dropped out of the first round he was there with his family his girlfriend, his mother, and his sisters sitting in that green room waiting to get his name called, dressed up in a great suit, supposed to be the, the you know night of his dreams, and he didn't get called up, and that absolutely stinks. So this kid is coming into the league with a major chip on his shoulder with a lot to prove. And let's take a look at Will Levis for a second. There was a lot of hype, obviously, around him, both negative and positive. A lot of guys said this guy is going to be the next – Joe Burrow is this guy going to be the next great sensation because um, he's got a he's got a rocket for an arm and he's really tough. But then there were a lot of guys that said he didn't really didn't really fit in that NFL mold because of the way the Kentucky offense was. It didn't add uh, adapt well into the NFL, which I think is crazy. I think he'll fit just well in the NFL, especially how that offense played at Kentucky and how it can possibly be adapted in the NFL. If you look at him, he's built like a quarterback. He is a quarterback. He's a natural quarterback. He's got some legs on him, but he's got a rocket for an arm. And the most important thing is, is even when Kentucky had a down year and when he was injured and they picked up some bad losses in his uh, final year at Kentucky, he was still able to throw for over 2,500 yards. That, that says something. In two years in Kentucky, including one of them where he was hurt, he's thrown over 5,000 yards. 
that says something to me that this kid isn't a walking injury. That he he can play it. He can take some hits. He can play rough. People shouldn't be scared that this kid gets banged up a little bit. That he's going to be out for months and seasons. This guy looks like he can play under stress. Uh, he can play when he's hurt, and he will work it out. And he, you can get a fantastic product on the field. And for this guy who was supposedly going to go in the first round, uh, the first ten picks, what a lot of people were predicting, they got him at in the second round for a, a quick little trade up. I think that's a fantastic move. And despite the naysayers and the Vol fans that are that hate the idea of a Kentucky quarterback on their Tennessee Titans, I just grow up, grow up. It's either you want your NFL team to do well or you don't. It doesn't matter what school he came from. As someone who's a Volunteers fan, Volunteers football fan, I wouldn't want my team to suffer because I decided I didn't want a Kentucky quarterback or a Alabama quarterback. I don't care what a kid played for in college. I want the best possible player. And if he played at my rival school and he kicked my school's butt, you know, multiple times throughout his collegiate career, fantastic. I know he's good. I want him on my team. So it just, it's absolutely ridiculous what some of these Titans fans are doing. The way they're thinking it was a disaster that's ended the franchise. If anything, I think it's putting the franchise in the right direction because he's obviously, obviously not going to play a whole lot this first year. It's Tannehill's last season on contract. Um, he's getting older. He's coming off a pretty crappy season. He just saw the Titans drafted a brand new quarterback that is got a lot of potential and could be ready to go th- day one. So he's going to be playing for his career and he's going to be playing for his spot. So we are going to be able to see a passionate, hardworking Ryan Tannehill that we may have not seen these last couple seasons. Because I don't think there was a real threat from Malik Willis to take his spot. Uh, there definitely was. Definitely was not. But Will Levis there is a possibility, especially after how poor the team played last season, how Tannehill did struggle. Now, obviously, wide receivers, offensive line all played into that struggle, but you can't ignore the fact that he did struggle, especially with some injuries at the end of the season, not being able to play those last couple of games. So he's going to be working his butt off, especially if he, there's a contract on the line, either with the Titans or another team. He wants to prove that he's still a starting quarterback here in the NFL so that's going to be so much fun to watch. Now, I'm probably more excited for this upcoming Titans season uh, than I have been for a Titans season in a couple years. Maybe after Mariota's final season when they got Ryan Tannehill and that whole quarterback quarterback uh, mix-up. Uh, I, I, that was a really exciting season to watch. But this season, there's so much to look forward to. There's so much anticipation of what will work, what won't work, what could happen, what moves are still on the table, what windows have closed what windows may open so it's gonna be a really fun uh, season because you got the best who i think is probably the best offensive lineman in the draft peter skaronsky you got a great quarterback who's inspired gonna spend a year on the bench watching maybe may, may have a couple snaps may even have a couple starts depending on how injury goes for ryan Tannehill. you can have ryan Tannehill in his last uh, year on his contract playing his butt off playing for a new contract I'm also playing for his job and his career. And you have a bunch of other young guys. I think uh, the Titans made a really good move in the third round by picking up uh, running back 
They got a great guy in the third round in uh, Ty J Spears out of Tulane running back. Uh, this guy's got a lot of potential. He's extremely talented, and it's the Titans need to find that running back too because um, this is still a running back forward offense. As long as Derrick Henry's on the team, it's going to be a running back forward offense. It has been, and I will be for the foreseeable future. And to be able to have a number two guy that can take a couple snaps, that's not always Derrick on every single snap. A guy who can pick up yards, a guy who can block, a guy who can go in there if Derrick's a little bit banged up or a bit, a little bit winded, or if he ever get if he gets hurt, you know, a, a running back that can go in and really back him up and be a solid performer for this offense. And Ty J Spears can really possibly, it's a high possibility he can be that. I know there were some injuries regarding uh, his ACL or his lack thereof um, due to some significant injuries in college, but he's extremely talented. And as the number two running back, he could have a, a lot of potential. So I'm really excited to see how he does especially in training camp when a lot of eyes will be on him. Obviously, Derek's healthy and all that, but still. Um, and also, once again, you got one of the best running backs, well, the best running back in the league right now, and Derek Henry, and this is an opportunity for this young guy to learn from the best in the league. So that's going to be really fun to watch and how that progresses over this season into next season. And then in the fifth round of the draft, Titans picked up a tight end, Josh Wiley, out of Cincinnati, a guy who was originally a wide receiver. So people talk about wide receivers, but then switched over to tight end after some coaches convinced him that he would be a naturally fit tight end. So it's not that wide receiver everyone's been begging for, but this is an offensive playmaker. Actually, in fact, every single player that the Titans drafted in this draft was an offensive player. Quarterback, running back, tight end, two offensive linemen and then a wide receiver at the end of the draft for the final pick. Their defense is good. It does need help, but it's good. The offense was an absolute disaster last year, and being able to pick up a young quarterback and two offensive linemen and a tight end. You know, this is this guy can be a blocker because Kyle Phillips, I, it's not going to work out as a offensive weapon. I just, he's not big enough. He's going to get injured. We've seen his, a ton of inconsistencies last year. And to add another playmaker like a Josh Wiley who can play tight ends, who has experience at wide receiver, who's big and can block and just be someone who, who can make plays when no one else can. So I thought that was a fantastic fifth round pick. And uh, we'll see how he turns out in training camp in just a few months. That's what we're in middle of May at this point. We're still early May, but we're almost the middle of May. And then it will be June and July, and heart of the summer is when workouts are starting, and that's when preseason starts. And it's 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 wild how close we are. So these guys are going to be making some noise, going to be in the headlines in just a few in just a few weeks, two months really, before these guys really just start to get involved in Titans play, and get on that field and work out, and then preseason's right around the corner. So. I like the Josh Wiley trade. And then in the sixth round, Titans pick up another another offensive lineman, uh, Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, another guy that can fill that spot. Now, obviously, a late-round pick for offensive lines never, you know, this guy's going to be a starter. But 
He was originally just picked to be a top ten, a top one, excuse me, a top one hundred prospect in this draft. He dropped off a little bit. It, that happens, but um, this guy's got a lot of talent. He played for a pretty okay team. He played forty two games for uh, Maryland in his career with thirty nine starts. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred and ninety eight pounds, and that can get bigger. That can you know slim down build up some muscle depending on what condition he is uh, before training camp. But this is a guy who was an honorable mention, all big 10 uh, selection. And he started all 12 games at tackle. So this is a guy who can possibly play the left tackle position. Who's going to come into training camp and work his butt off. And he's someone that if he's not a starter, he is someone that can float around positions. Once again, continuing to build up this offensive line because this season's definitely going to be kind of a buffer season. I don't think the Titans are going to be horrible, but I have a hard time believing that they're going to be the top dog in the division. That's going to be the Jaguars. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow the, the, the Colts come out and play their butts off, especially after dra- drafting Anthony Richardson out, out of Florida with the fourth overall pick. I don't think the Titans are going to be in that the heart of that discussion for the winning the division, but it's going to be a transition year with the young quarterback seeing where, how Derrick Henry plays this season ahead of uh, before his contract kind of comes to an end and whether if the future is still Derrick with building on this offensive line, uh, that's the most important thing. Once they have that offensive line, everything else can fall into place. So it's going to be really interesting, and adding a guy like Jalen Duncan is really important. I think that was it's kind of a steal, especially in the sixth round. And with the Titans' final pick, they drafted a former Wilson Central High School graduate here in Mount Juliet, Colton Dowell, who uh, played a wide receiver at UT Martin. Now, obviously, a last-round pick like this is not a huge you know, game-breaker you know, franchise changer, but it's a local guy who has some talent and showed off some great skill at UT Martin who, you know, possibly could turn into something. If if he doesn't turn into anything, okay, uh, sorry, next, you know, that's how the draft works in that seventh round. Sometimes it works out, and if it works out, it's the greatest move of all time and how you, how you picked up a seventh-round guy and he turned out to be awesome. And if he doesn't, it's like, oh, oh well, it's just a seventh-round pick. It's, you know. Like no need to scry over spilled spilled milk. It'll be interesting to see how he turns out um, to see if he'll even make the cut uh, for the team and training camp. But overall, I thought this was a fantastic draft for the Titans, despite the hate because they didn't get a C.J. Stroud or a big-name quarterback. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the draft, top five quarterback in the draft in Will Levis, a guy who has talent, a guy who is tough, a guy who does have the potential of a super a, a super high ceiling. They got arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft. They also drafted another offensive lineman who dropped off a little bit after being should have been a, a top 100 prospect. They got a really solid uh, tight end who's big, who's uh, physical, who can play wide receiver, has experience there, and can be a key playmaker. And then they got a local guy, wide receiver, that fans are going to kind of fall in love with, especially those who went to high school out in uh, Wilson County. Uh, they're going to love that. And, you know, he could he could possibly be a playmaker. If not, 
And it's all right. It's just overall, I think this was a successful draft. And NFL Next Gen Stats completely agrees with me as they picked the Titans as a, one of the top five teams uh, to come out of this draft. I think that they had them at the number three best draft class, Next Gen Stats, because they got everything that they needed. You know, they didn't get the flashy, sexy pick and a, a quarterback or a big trade up for a quarterback or the top wide receiver. They got the players they needed. And the players that they got that they needed were fantastic players. That's the thing. They, they didn't get any scrubs in Peter Skaronsky or in Jalen Duncan. I, I do not think Will Levis is a scrub. He's definitely, it wasn't my pick. I didn't want the Titans to trade up for them. I didn't want the Titans to even pick him at number 11. But the idea that the Titans were able to uh, draft up, uh, trade up a little bit in the second round to pick him, to uh, snag him, I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was a great move. Definitely don't think it hurts them. Uh, so just, I just don't understand the hate. I wasn't a huge fan of Will Levis. I'm still not a huge fan of Will Levis, but I do think that his ceiling has a ton of potential, and it, it's going to be really exciting to see how he works in training camp and preseason and how the season rolls out. But the hate is just absolutely just confusing. I just don't get it. It's just the, the Titans fans just do not want their team to do well, and they don't want to give anyone a shot. It's just ridiculous. I, I didn't see this type of hate. When they got Malik Willis, who played at Liberty, you know, Liberty, you know, the the NFL, the, the NFL producing powerhouse. They didn't they, they didn't cry over that, but over Will Levis, who kicked butt in the SEC and had two great years at Kentucky and brought Kentucky back, Kentucky football back to relevancy. No, we don't want him. We don't want him. That's just ridiculous. So I'm really excited for this NFL season. We got a few more weeks until uh, training camp really starts getting up. We got some uh, preseason, uh, off-season workouts these next couple weeks that we'll see guys coming back in to uh, Nashville, go to St. Thomas Park to work out with the team, get to know these rookies a little bit. So that'd be really, really exciting. Um, it's gonna be really, really fun. And like I said, I, I can't think of a season I've been more excited for. Uh, than this upcoming one. And overall, I think this NFL season, you got Aaron Rodgers in New York with the Jets. You got Lamar back with uh, the Ravens, and there's a lot of potential around them. Uh, the Colts and the uh, and the Texans both have new quarterbacks, top-tier quarterbacks. You got Bryce Young out of Alabama in Carolina after their disaster. You got Jimmy G in Las Vegas. You got Atlanta holding on to former Titan uh, Marcus Mariota. You got uh, an Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers with uh, now Jordan Love taking up that role to see how they turn out. You got uh, the Vikings, whether they're going to hold on to be the leader in that division. You got the the, uh, Detroit Lions, who are our fantastic team and show a lot of potential and definitely could be the winner in that division. And they also picked up Hendon Hooker out of uh, Tennessee, which a lot of uh, Titans slash full fans wanted the Titans to pick up. So there's a lot going on this season in the NFL, a lot of change-ups, a lot of ifs and maybes and what ifs, I should say. So it's going to be really exciting. The Titans are going to be definitely in that, that, that pack of, 
what's going to happen, what's this team going to look like, and what what will the next step be for the, this Titans for the future of this Titans franchise. So stay tuned. Um, we're going to have you all covered on Titans news here at the Sports Credential. Just make sure you follow us on social media. Um, subscribe to our free uh, mailing list. You'll get an email for every single breaking, every single news piece, and make sure we hit you with that weekly email we send out on Friday of all the major news stories that you may have missed from the week. So anything Titans-related, we're going to have you covered, especially this season. It's going to be wild. It's going to be really interesting, and we will have you covered. All right, let's move on to some Nashville SC. Coming off back-to-back-to-back solid performances. Three weeks ago, they had LAFC at home. They took on uh, the defending champs and were able to pull out a draw, a 1-1 draw, getting one point off a Hane Mukhtar goal. And then welcoming southern rival Atlanta United and then beating them 3-0, 3-1, I should say, with uh, two assists by Hani Mukhtar, goals by Teal Bunbury, uh, Fafa Pico, and the great Nashville sweetheart, Jacob Schaffelberg. Holly yeah, Mukhtar has been playing out of his mind. He's been playing out of his mind. And what did he do the next week, this past Saturday at Geodis Park, against the Chicago Fire? Hat trick, baby. Honey, ha- uh, uh, honey Hattie, as everyone is saying. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, two penalty kicks and then a beautiful goal in the stoppage time after 90 minutes. He's been playing out of his mind. He is the MVP. He is the best player in MLS right now, and he is on Nashville SC. So it's, it's, it's really remarkable when a expansion team comes out and has a top-tier player that not only plays well when they first start, but then over the years gets better. Because when this team first came to Nashville, when I should say when this team, this Nashville team, first joined the MLS, uh, they looked good. They were a defensive forward team. Uh, Joe Willis was a fantastic goalkeeper. Obviously, Walker Zimmerman being kind of the face of the team because they were a defensive forward team. But Hani Mukhtar was a great player. You know, he showed a lot of potential. He was super fast. He showed a lot of skill. And we saw in 2021, he led the league in both goal and assists combined. Yeah, he didn't have the most goals, but he had the most combined goals and assists. Just missed the MVP. And last year, winning not only the MVP, but the golden boot for most goals. And leading the league in goals assist ratio. And he's on path to do the same thing again this year. He's got five goals. He's got six goals. And five assists in just 11 games, including coming off a hat trick. Before that, coming off a fantastic performance with two assists. And before that, uh, scoring the uh, a goal against LAFC to give Nashville a draw. So these last three games, Nashville's gotten seven points out of the three games. And you can attribute all seven of those points to Hani Mukhtar, which is really great to see after them kind of finding in that little slump of an area after really poor performances against Orlando and Cincinnati and NYCFC in New York. After that, before that, they started off the season great. They started off really great. They looked good. And then they kind of found this little pit hole. And now they're back on looking fantastic. And once again, we're only 11 weeks in and we got a lot more games to play. We have a whole summer ahead of us of heat and humidity and 
crosstown rivals and new uh, new faces nationals playing uh like into miami and so there's so much going on there's, there's so much going to happen but it's great to see that they're kind of able to find their footing again and to see that honey how great honey Mukhtar is in this start of the season after finishing the season so well after last week's game he said it was great you know like i just said it's great to start off well but it's not how you start it's how you finish and obviously that's the most important thing and nashville had a great last couple months of the season last year but their final month of the season they really kind of fell flat and they weren't able to secure that playoff spot as soon uh, as quickly as they should have for the talent they had and for how well they played they weren't able to clinch that spot as soon as they really should have and you saw it they fell flat against uh, la galaxy in the uh, opening round of the mls playoffs so that's it, that's going to be the most important thing for Nashville this season is to find that sweet spot of not exploding and playing the best soccer in May, June, and July, but also not falling behind. They need to be able to find the sweet spot where they can be consistent, be good, win games, pull out draws, you know, drop a game here and there. It's not the end of the world, but to be able to stay consistent, stay in the middle of the pack, but been, be able to explode and finish the season extremely strong so they can get that home field advantage uh, at Geodis Park and have those crazy backline supporters there. And so they can have momentum going in so they can get an opening series, uh, opening series win. And they can carry that in, especially with this new playoff format. It's so wacky. It's kind of wild. So to be able to have as much as many things going in their favor going into the, the playoffs is going to be important. But that That is months away. That is months and months and months away. But right now they're playing fantastic. You got to tip your hat to Joe Willis in the defense, uh, playing the best they probably have in the last couple of years. Uh, Shaq Moore has been unbelievable for this team. Uh, I know there was a lot of screaming and crying about Nashville not b- picking up any big, players during this offseason but people forgot that Nashville picked up Shaq Moore and Jacob Schaffelberg last season during the transfer window they got two fantastic players that didn't play a full season now we're seeing them in a full season and we're seeing some amazing stuff Shaq Moore what he's able to do on and off the ball um, he's everywhere every time you look he's there on defense defending the box uh, trying to make a you know trying to make a tackle and then when you see an offense he's creating plays and he's taking the ball up the right side and trying to send it in to Dax to or to Hani it's it's unbelievable what he's been able to do and obviously Walker is still the best defender in the league Joe Willis another clean sheet against and Chicago uh just playing some of the best he's ever played and then obviously Dan Lovitz and uh Sean Davis showing up a little bit. Jack Mayer, I mean, just these guys, they look fantastic. This back line is just impenetrable at times. I think they let Chicago only give up two shots on target, five shots overall. I mean, that, that's just unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. And the way that Gary's been able to work around this midfield to kind of create this diamond formation in the middle of the field to allow Dax to get more playing time without having to work his butt off so much and to be able to create this kind of buffer zone that K 
can pass off of each other and really to build something on offense instead of just being Hani having to run through everybody or Jacob having to run through everybody. It's just been fantastic. And uh, Jacob Schaffelberg is so fast. It is unbelievable what he's able to do. He drew, he drew that second penalty against Chicago this past Saturday because of how unbelievably fast he is. And he will run over you for 50 minutes. And if he gets pulled out, guess who's coming in? Fafa Pico, who's just as fast, if not faster. So these defenders for these other teams have to deal with two guys who are extremely fast that they're going to have to see for 90-plus minutes, which is absolutely exhausting to think about. And if Fafa gets the start and he gets pulled in the 70th minute, guess what who's coming in? Jacob Schaffelberg. And he's going to get 20 minutes of just absolutely dominant speed. So what this team has been able to do these last couple games is show the talent they have and the speed and the brilliance in Jacob Schaffelberg and Fafa. And then the great defense led by Shaq and Walker Zimmerman, as well as the leadership from Dax McCarty, who's still, you know, is still a great player, even though I think he's going to retire after this season. And then obviously the Golden Goose, the MVP, Hani Mukhtar. It's just this team is really kind of finding themselves. And uh, after a great win against Atlanta, uh, I was thinking, okay, this next game, they really got to show up. They really got to show up and prove that 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 win wasn't just a fluke. It wasn't just a they got lucky and everything kind of worked out all at once. So they can consistently win games back to back, especially at home. And they were able to do that. You know, obviously they had their ups and downs. They started off really hot and then. Towards the end of this first half, they kind of slowed down. They weren't able to create the momentum of the offensive creativeness that we saw early on. And they started off the second half pretty poor, um, starting off really slow. That's something that really needs to be worked out is to obviously they can't be 100 percent all the time. But against a really part of my French, a crappy team like Chicago Fire, they should be able to, you know, keep that energy up for almost 80, 80 minutes at least. Um, it, it was an absolute dominant. So let me not, I'm not trying to put down that win or anything or say they didn't do good enough. They were unbelievable. They were just absolutely dominant. But it would be great to see that the offense can keep up that momentum, keep up that energy throughout the game and not let those little down slopes turn to a bad habit because against any other team that is somewhat good they would take that those 10 15 minutes of Nashville SC's low energy and they would have turned into offense and turned into goals so that's where the danger kind of lays with Nashville right now and the defense is still great it's just the offense and the midfield trying to figure out a way to keep possession and to keep hammering the ball on net and keep the momentum going and keep that energy going so it doesn't turn into a complete 180 in the energy and now the defense is having to play de- <laughs> having to play defense and uh, that's where we've seen Nashville's issues that's where we've seen uh, goals conceded is when the offense starts to kind of slow down and uh, play back a little bit is when opposing teams start to put shots on goal and they put enough on they're most likely going to get get a goal in. And we saw that against Cincinnati. We saw that against NYCFC. That's the biggest thing. Uh, tonight's game 
against FC Dallas is in the uh, U.S. Open Cup. Hopefully there's a decent crowd. I'm excited to see. It's, that's a big game after picking up a pretty solid win against San Antonio in the uh, their first game in the U.S. Open Cup this season. Uh, once again, only a 1-0 win. Well, it really should have been probably a little bit bigger, but you know uh, it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see how, what Gary does for tonight's game. Will he play majority of the starters like Hani and Dax and Walker and Shaq, or are we going to see some guys like Fafa get the start? Are we going to see both Fafa and Shaq on uh, Fafa and Schaffelberg on the field? I don't think so, but you never know. Will Willis start in net tonight or be Panico again? It's going to be a fun one. And if they can win this, it'll be a great step in the right direction, having three straight wins at home. Nashville has D.C. United on Saturday in the nation's capital. So that will be a fun one. See how Nashville can use this momentum of scoring into picking up a road win or even a road draw. So that'll be really, really, really fun. And that's probably my game of the week heading, yeah, this weekend, Nashville, D.C. Or I really do have to say probably, well, I would, if you guys are looking for a great sporting thing to look at that's local this weekend, I have to say it's got to be Vandy Boys versus the University of Florida uh, at Gainesville. So it won't be in town, so you can't watch the games at the Hawk. But um, definitely catch the games on SEC Network or ESPN Plus because uh, base college baseball season is coming to an end. Vandy boys have had a pretty good season, a couple bad losses, a couple good lo- uh, good wins, um, a couple great wins, and they got two more tests before the SEC tournament begins in Hoover, Alabama. They got Florida this weekend starting uh, the 12th on the 13th and the 14th at Gainesville. And it's going to be a very good series. And if they can pull out two wins, that would be fantastic for momentum for Vandy coming to the final season uh, series of the season when they host the powerhouse Arkansas, which is going to be extremely difficult. If they can pull out one win against Arkansas, they'll be they'll be pretty solid going into the tournament. Uh, if if they can win two games, they'll be even better. Yeah, Vandy boys versus. Florida, big rival Florida in Gainesville this weekend starting uh, May the 12th. That's going to be probably the top thing to watch out for. And obviously, we still got playoff hockey and we got playoff NBA. Sadly, my Knicks looks like their time in the playoffs are coming to an end uh, as they fall 3-1 in the series to Jimmy Butler's Miami Heat. But that's all right. That's all right. That's all I have for you this week on the Sports Credential Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to be subscribed to the Sports Credential Podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next time.